3: News Talk Superstation, I tell you, the the shows lately have just been jam-packed. They've been fired up, they've been firing in all cylinders. Never a dull moment. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's good for business. Uh, Never a shortage of... ...talk about, although I will tell you, I... I really... I, I kind of... I just kind of yearn... For those, for those lost days and times. Yesterday we had uh, big developing breaking news. Uh, President Trump hit uh, the courthouse. And this was a little after we were off the air. This is that civil trial. This is the fraud trial. And I think the entire trial is a fraud. If I'm being completely honest with you. he He spoke at great length, actually. Uh, Just in front of that trial, in fact, I want to give you a bit of what he had to say. We're going to play some of that coming up here in just a moment. That's a big story we're watching. But he's not the only one in court today. So we'll try not to overshadow because this other story, I think, is maybe even more important. But Hunter Biden will be in court today, and this is on the... Gun issue, and oh, maybe, maybe even more before it's all said and done. With, but he'll be in court today, and I'm sure the networks will give same amount of attention to Hunter who didn't want to come to court. Sure, they'll give the same amount of attention to old Hunter Biden. Come on, man! Coming up here uh, today, that they gave to Trump yesterday. I'm sure they'll have the same coverage. The Cameras anxiously awaiting it all. At one point, I was watching this, thinking to myself, and and it was really weird. Fox had a, they had like an angle inside the, right outside the courtroom, and like in a lobby where um, the camera was sort of shaking. It was moving around, kind of making me dizzy watching it. Thinking to myself, I spent like fifteen thirty minutes leading up to this. Well, Trump is on his way. He's on the way. We. He's on the motorcade. The motorcade is on the way. We see the video of that. Then he gets, you know, maybe to the, the courthouse. And I guess they have to go through security or whatever they have to, to do. And that's another, I don't, felt like 15, 30 minutes. And finally, he pops out and appears coming through a doorway in the hall there. And right in front of the door that goes in to the uh, the courtroom. This whole thing, as I mentioned earlier, a sham, a circus, the whole thing. Uh, it just, just hard, I don't know, hard to imagine anybody watching this and not thinking, well, this is, this is all, this whole thing is a fraud. Well, why do I say that? The very person who's bringing all of this up, Teacher James... Here she is, by the way, out there talking about how she wants to get Trump. This was in 2018. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. That was it. Now, this is the person bringing a tr- It's 2018. So we're supposed to believe the justice system is alive and well and not then- Justice, Lady Justice is blind.
2: When our fundamental rights are at stake, I believe that the President of these United States can be indicted for criminal offenses. Will you feel him for us? Oh, we're gonna definitely do. We're gonna
3: be a real pain. I know my name personally. She said we're gonna get him. We're gonna be a real pain, and you know what? We're gonna take it personally. She said. More in twenty eighteen. Man in the White House.
4: can't go a day uh, uh, without threatening our fundamental rights. Yes, we need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. We need to find out whether or not he's engaged
3: in conspiracy. They don't have any of that, by the way. The, the only thing, the best thing they could come up with is that they disagree. And folks, this is what it boils down to. And the judge has been clear about it. the judge had a smile on his face like a Cheshire cat yesterday when they brought the cameras into the courtroom. Oh, the judge couldn't be more pleased with himself. So this is
2: <laughs> this this is what we're dealing with. But everyone understand that the days of Donald Trump are coming to an end.
3: They have the judge saying Oh, yes, Mr. Attorney, Madam Attorney General, you're correct, he's, he is, he's, he's guilty of fraud here, that's the way I see it. And what it means is they disagree, the judge, not the banks where he got these loans, but the judge disagrees with the valuation of the properties that were listed and, and his assets on paperwork for loans and, and things dealing with this vast real estate empire. That, that That is what the judge is saying, in essence. We disagree. We disagree. I personally disagree. And the judge, one of the biggest conflicts out of all this has come out, has been the valuation of what the estate, the Mar-a-Lago, is, is valued at. The judge... Gives it a paltry twenty million dollars. Now that's not that's nothing to sneeze at money wise, but the properties surrounding it are fractions of the size, and they're worth twenty million dollars. So when you when you start to look at this case on the facts, you realize this is a bunch of baloney. It is a modern day witch hunt, and it is the banana. Further walking down the road, we're we're slipping on banana peels at this point. On this road to becoming a banana republic. More from Letitia James, who is the, the prosecutor in this case. I look forward
5: to going into the office of Attorney General every day, suing him, defending your rights, and then going home.
3: She ran. She ran on suing Donald Trump. She ran on getting Trump. That was her whole campaign. Running on getting Trump. Trump yesterday speaking. Here's just a little portion of it. I'll play more coming up. So, very
4: simply put, it's a witch hunt. It's a disgrace. We have a corrupt attorney general in this state. You see how she does? This trial was railroaded and fast tracked. This trial could have been brought years ago, but they waited till I was right in the middle of my campaign. The same with other trials and indictments. It's all run by DOJ, which is corrupt in Washington.
3: He says, in other words, this is election interference. They're out to get me because they don't want me to succeed in 2024. They don't want me to be uh, the next president. Because they know if I become the next president. It's over for the deep state. Uh, What I mean by that is bureaucrats, the red tape crowd, the unelected who are making all these decisions. It's over for these people who oppose all of the make America first policies.
4: We're going to be here for months with a judge that already made up his mind. It's ridiculous. He's a Democrat judge. He's an operative. And it's ridiculous.
3: There you have it. That's part of the statement made yesterday. By President Trump, as I mentioned, we talked about Mar-a-Lago, part of what he had to say. And I'm going to play more of this coming up in a little bit. But I want you to get it. I want you to get, a, you to get a, a, a glimpse at what this whole thing is all about. I want you to be able to see exactly what is at stake, what they are facing. And uh, as, as Americans, what the country has to deal with moving forward. It, it is, and it ought to, it ought to absolutely uh, offend all of your sensibilities because we've never seen anything like this before. This is, un, the, the, the word unprecedented, new normal, all that, I hate all of that, and of course I don't know that there's anything better to describe.
5: Blah, blah, blah. In
3: all of that. All of that I, get the, there's, I don't know that there's anything better to describe what we're going through right now. There's a lot at stake in this country today, folks. And you and I both know it. We both face it. We both see it. We both understand what we're dealing with. Whether some of us want to even admit it or not, I don't care whether you like president trump you think he's a good guy or not i don't care whether you fundamentally dislike him i don't care if you disagree with him on every single policy democrats republicans independents everyone ought to be united on the fact that they should not just be able to whole cloth go after somebody the system that is just to get rid of them because they don't like them or they are in fact a threat to it all it's a very dangerous precedent we're setting. It's very serious times. And, of course, you know, this This guy is the only one. Look at the people that are uh, that are being charged January 6th. matter of fact, we're going to talk about all of this today. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation. Dinesh D'Souza will join us. He's got a new movie out. Dinesh D'Souza has a movie called Police State Out. Anybody, I don't know if anybody knows better, than Dinesh D'Souza, what it's like to be a political target. I mean, he's done jail time because of it. Dinesh's new movie called Police State. will touch on all these things that we're discussing today, the prosecution of some of these folks January 6th. It's not just those, by the way. I know it's kind of a sensitive subject for some people. What about families that are just speaking up? Parents at school board meetings, they're being targeted by the FBI. Catholics. <laughs> For practicing their faith. It is the rise of what Dinesh calls the police state. Some of that trailer. We honor you, Father, for all that you have for
4: Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-not-breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual
0: impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the
1: first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, Am I going to get a knock at the door?
6: The FBI war, come to the door now. The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have, have commissioned
3: the biggest propaganda play Cash in the US history.
5: They don't go
6: after the people that rigged the election. They go after the, the people, people that
5: want to
4: find out what the
5: hell
6: happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need. As a person to look at, and then we go find out what crime you did. Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be, be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro life, pro family Catholic, they define you as radical.
1: These are anti government,
6: yeah, violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. Are you next?
3: Police Stadium, theaters, October 23rd, 24th, policedatefilm.net. Dinesh D'Souza, documentary filmmaker, joining us. Uh, Coming up today, again, 8.05, 7.05, Tulsi Gabbard is in town. In fact, she's making a couple of different appearances uh, throughout the state this week. We'll have details about that. We'll talk to her and find out why. Plus, there's rumors she might be running for or with someone. We'll explain. Coming to you. And breaking it all down. we are just getting started. It is 621 right now, Detroit's News Talk Superstation, 9, 10 a.m. I'm Justin Barkley. We're back after this. So don't worry. 6.24 right now, and uh, another beautiful day. It was just gorgeous yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, how about you? This is a little warm. <laughs> For me, I'm not complaining. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. I am not complaining, uh, it, it, especially because you know that four-letter word I don't want to talk about. No, not leaf. That's another one. L-E-A-F. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> it just... Just to make sure. Still a little early, Uh, but the four-letter word is around the corner. The cold, and I don't even mind that. I don't mind the four-letter word either. So lack of sunshine during the winter time that kind of gets me. That's what gets me going anyway. Uh, But we won't have there. Will there be any lack of sunshine today? Or even tomorrow, but then it does get a little cooler towards the end of the week. So get out and enjoy it. That's what I'm telling you. Get out. If you got something you got to get done or you've been waiting and kind of putting off, do it. 86. I saw somebody putting up Christmas lights yesterday. I thought, wow, well, that's kind of a good idea. 86 for a high today. We're at 59 right now. Going to have a little bit of fog this morning. A will clear off. And then, of course, sunny all morning. Just played some, some of, the of the clips from uh, Dinesh D'Souza's documentary. Hill talk coming up at eight oh five today. Tulsi Gabbard at seven oh five. Uh, the the clips that are coming through from President Trump and his um, statements that he made. Well, because there were more than one. There there were there were several there. He had a statement at the beginning before he went inside the courtroom. And then there was one that happened, I guess, when he came out of the courtroom the second time around. Uh, one of the things he talked about and pressed into was this idea that he committed fraud and the judge disagreeing with the valuation of properties like mar a is This is a big piece, and this what this case hinges on. Meanwhile, no, there is no vi- How can you have a crime without a victim? There's no victim. The, the, the bank isn't upset. They're very happy.
7: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to
3: the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
7: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
3: Uh, they keep continue to do deals with uh, President Trump. They they're not they don't have issues with any of this. Where is the victim? This is a. A crime in search of a victim. <laughs> this is a political persecution. Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. That's what Letitia James is guilty of here. That's what President Trump made a point of yesterday before he walked into the courtroom. As I
4: say, murders are going on as you stand here. They're wasting everybody's time for many months in this case where banks got made a fortune, loan money got paid money back, didn't even need that money. It's one of the great companies.
3: You know, he said, there's murders happening all across the city, the violence in New York. These people are let go. It's true. Uh, the the, the no-cash bail and all of that inside the city. And they, they don't want to go after real criminals. They let them run free. And look what's happening on the streets in New York and some of the bigger cities. I mean, in fact, look what's happening here. We've got Biden's border wide open. And we find out from Oakland County Sheriff Bouchard that they have... Uh, r- r- run right over against some of these folks coming gangs from South America, Central America, and uh, they're doing their best to, to to catch up with these folks and lock them up. But they're they're targeting high end homes and coming after people. The horrific story we heard out of Minnesota yesterday: eleven year old, couple of other girls as well, kidnapped, raped. This is in Minnesota. Illegal immigrants on the scene many of them brought to minnesota by the department of homeland security brought there to, to, from the border how do you, how do they get there who's responsible for this who will pay well we just we just think trump shouldn't have he shouldn't have valued his property so high and we think he lied on a piece of paper these these people are they are the liars They are perpetrating fraud on the American people. That's what President Trump had to say yesterday, specifically talking about the attorney general, radical Letitia James and what is going on, why she's beginning from the beginning of 2018, targeting him and still trying to come after him.
4: One doesn't have to be a lawyer to see the danger to anyone doing business in the Empire state. Anybody that does business in New York State is crazy.
3: This is when he came out at the end. He's making the point now after the first day of trial. Who knows? He might end up back there today. Uh, We know that uh, Hunter is on trial today. But he says, look, anybody doing business in New York State, you've got to be careful. This is – they might come after you for any reason whatsoever.
4: When you have a radical left attorney general like Letitia James, who's a disgrace to our country – we got elected on the fact that she's going to take down President Trump. We're going to take him down. She knew nothing about him. But she got elected on that basis. And we have others likewise. Take a look at what's going on in Georgia. Take a look at Jack Smith. Take a look at these people. This is called election
3: interference. And- I made that case yesterday, and I think a, a solid point. If we get the full audio, we'll post it up on our stack online if you want to go back and watch the entire thing. Hey. Uh, you can get that. We post everything. Stories, videos, everything throughout the uh, the, the show and things that we talk about on our podcast, etc. All up at JustinBarkley.com. That's where you can find the podcast as well. Catch up with us on social media. I'm everywhere. At Mr. Justin Barkley. Well, while you're at it, go over, click follow at 9, 10 a.m. There's Talk Superstation on Facebook as well so you can stay up to date on the latest... Coming up on 631 right now, Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's 9 10 a.m. I'm Justin Barkley back after this. Back to the Justin Barkley show. You can't make this stuff up. Right here on 9 10 a.m.,
4: Detroit's News Talk Superstation. <laughs>
3: Coming
6: in on the strike or getting
3: well, massive numbers after just two weeks, almost four billion dollars in losses. Some of the news coming out at uh, UAW expanding those strikes on Friday, Ford laying off more than 330 workers. Uh, four billion, as I said, gro- losses grow to four billion. Did you know the Biden administration rules could cost the big three billion in fine? You wonder where all of this is coming from. Government intervention, the Bidens, the Whitmers, all a part of this problem because they're causing these issues, exacerbating. The Detroit Three automakers would likely pay $10.5 billion in federal penalties from 2027 to 2032 under proposed fuel economy standards, an advocacy group representing the car companies. Telling the Department of Energy in a letter sent Friday, the American Automotive Policy Council said the Biden administration's proposal to cut electric vehicle mileage ratings, known as the petroleum equivalency factor, would result in disproportionately higher compliance costs for Ford Motor Company, General Motors, Stellantis, uh, uh, than other automakers. Earlier this year, the Energy Department proposed slashing the measurement. By the way, the Energy Department, it's not somebody running that's not familiar with the big, you know who that is. That's former governor Jennifer Granholm. Jenny Granholm running around, can't find a plug for her electric vehicle, wants everybody else to run around plugging in. And if you don't, she's going to hit the big three with another $10.5 billion in federal penalties and fines and whatnot. Now, and you what? who's going to pay that, by the way? It's you. If you want to buy a car, you are going to pay those penalties. You think the big three are just going to pay him? They're getting squeezed. Of course, we've got the, the workers who, again, uh, it's clear, Bidenomics ain't working for the working man. They're pushing of all these Green New Deal, wind, solar, unicorn, fart, mumbo-jumbo. How dare you? All of it leads to these people being hurt, folks that are now on picket lines, on unemployment lines, because of Biden and his energy policies. Detroit News Henry Payne joining us to talk a little bit about that the announcement on Friday coming out of uh, Boss Fain the UAW it's a little bit more aggressive than than normal. This was interesting rhetoric over the weekend. Uh, UAW President Sean Fain a bit of an aggressive uh, uh, approach. Let's just put it that way. To some of the the. The uh, speech he gave on Friday.
7: It's the war of the working class versus corporate greed. We are the new arsenal of democracy. The workers are the liberators, and our strike is the vehicle for liberation. I want to be clear about one thing about the president's historic visit. The most powerful man in the world showed up for one reason only because our solidarity. Is the most powerful force in the world. You're talking about Trump? When we Biden? stand together, united <laughs> in the cause of economic and social justice, there's nothing we can't do.
3: It's a lot of rah-rah sort of locker room. Let's get everybody motivated. Uh, but let, let's be honest. The reason we're, we're in this mess and they're in this mess is that the unions have been funding folks, Democrats like Biden and Whitmer who have been pushing the EV electric vehicle nonsense. Uh, market's just not ready for that and it's, it's really put not only the entire industry but these people, their jobs, their livelihoods at risk and that's why we're here right now. So it's very, it's first and foremost. Second though, I was struck by the rhetoric in this and what you just heard here it's a bit of an aggressive approach. Also mentioning violence that took place uh, it's kind of interesting to watch it. He was really fanning some flames and stoking some fires this week. I want to talk about that. Joining us right now, uh, talk a little bit about that. Thomas of the Detroit News and, of course, uh, the auto updates here on 9 10 a.m. Henry Payne joins us now. Henry, how are you?
8: Justin, good to be with you.
3: I, I was kind of shocked. Uh, I mean. <sighs> These these two sides don't be, they don't really don't appear to be making any or, or much progress at all. Some have, have estimated this thing's going to go maybe 90 days or beyond. Um, we're half a month through right now and uh, a couple weeks in here. And, again, doesn't seem to be much prog- progress. We got 7,000 more folks out on strike right now. He calls this a war, a class war, talks about violence at some point. Uh, at at, uh, these plants, and this this, kind of this rhetoric, a little aggressive, uh, I thought, man, all all I see here is stoking these flames and the fires and uh, possibly creating more of these issues down the road. I was kind of shocked by it. What what was your take?
8: Well, this is a very militant uh, union leadership, Uh, the rhetoric you played from Sean Payne there at the opening. Uh, is indicative of that and it was interesting uh, at the end of the week last week Justin uh, to, to hear the, the blowback from uh, two of the automakers from general Ma- Motors uh, Mary Barra and Ford's Jim Farley uh, I mean these are these are very woke uh, corporations you know they, they support uh, they supported the BLM movement uh, they have extensive affirmative action. Programs. They support gender identity. They're, they're big uh, supporters of the uh, climate change movement. And here they were at last week being compared to Nazi Germany uh, by their own unions. So I, I think that was uh, quite a shock, uh, some of this rhetoric to these companies. And you uh, and heard some pushback uh, for the first time from Ford and General Motors uh, to this. Uh, saying, you know, where where is the union leadership at the table? We've made counteroffers, and yet they continue to strike. They continue to put uh, more plants on the ice. So, yeah, I, I thought there was a really uh, a real engagement last week for the first time between the two sides, and not a friendly engagement.
3: Right now, we're talking with uh, Henry Payne, and uh, some of the some of the updates here. Seven thousand more, as we see this continue to have issues. So I said, if someone said if this goes thirty days, it could be one hundred and fifty thousand jobs lost in this process. If it goes another thirty more, sixty days, it could be double that. And then again, as I said, there are some estimating this will little ninety days and beyond. You said that it doesn't really seem to. Like, they're, they're making much progress at all, and they're going to get very far on this. And there are a lot of big problems when you start to look at what's really happening, sort of peel the layers of the onion back on this. 7,000 more walked off. How long can the union afford, because they are paying some of these folks, right? It's not a lot. They're 500 bucks a month comparatively, right? Uh, they, they are going to have to pay some of these folks throughout this process. How long can the union afford to hold out?
8: Yeah, the union has its uh a fund for these strikes. Uh the automakers uh, also have inventory levels they have to keep. So um, you know, both of them have internal strategies uh there for how long they can go on. Uh but again I yeah, I was I was struck by uh how the two sides kind of dug in last week. And, and I think the one there was one really significant development uh in what Ford's Jim Farley said. Uh, in reaction to the strike because uh, they, they've made some concessions uh, along the union lines in terms of wages, in terms of cost of living uh, adjustments, which which the union wants. But Farley said what the union is really about is trying to guarantee that the, that the four battery plants that Ford has uh, online, uh, they'll be coming in line later this decade, but that he said the UAW is holding those four battery plants hostage, that the UAW wants to guarantee that those plants are unionized. Uh, they are not unionized uh, now. Uh, and for one reason, obviously, they're not open. But the other reason is because they are joint ventures. They're joint ventures with uh, with other battery companies. So they're not covered by current UAW uh, automaker contracts. And that goes, just into the 800-pound gorilla in the room here, which is the the union fears the electric electrification of this industry. The, the oh, Biden administration has declared a yeah. But, I mean, the Biden administration has declared a war on the working uh, the working man, whether he's uh, in the in the coal mines of West Virginia or whether he's in the manufacturing uh, halls of the auto industry with this uh with this um, radical climate uh movement and. Electric cars take, uh, by Ford's own estimation, take about 40% less labor to assemble. So UAW is really concerned as uh, the auto industry goes electric. Well,
3: they should be. I think we all should be because what we're watching is the collapse uh, of this industry as, uh, artificially as government gets involved. And pushes for this electric vehicle, Now, nobody nobody in the market doesn't want it, it can't support it. I'm not saying electric vehicles are bad, I'm just saying they're not there, and in the, in, in, in quite yet, the people don't want well, it. Now, there are some people that want Teslas, but those Teslas, uh, usually, it's, you know, folks, they cost a little bit more, so it's folks who got a little bit more money, the average everyday person probably isn't looking to plug in, Anytime soon and that's just a fact we're going to have to We're going to have to deal with uh, with all of that coming up in the in the the chickens are going to come home to roost sooner rather than later on this and it's interesting to me about these battery plants because so much we hear about them is that a Lot of them will will run with automation. There's going to be a lot of tech involved not not as many people working and uh, and that's that's kind of the future of manufacturing too. How much is that part of the elephant in the room here?
8: Yeah, I mean going to any modern plant today today, and I mean, they're beautiful things. I mean, I I it's one of my favorite things to go into an auto manufacturing plant. But uh, yeah, increasingly they're run by uh, robots. Most assembly uh, in uh, in auto plants today is done by uh, robots and. Um, Uh, That's just the the nature of uh, manufacturing uh, in general. And then, as I say, then you add these mandates.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
1: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
5: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
8: Uh, Forcing the street to go in this direction and uh, their expensive mandates, Batteries are expensive, battery cars are more expensive. I am a Tesla, Justin, and, when, and uh, we can talk about that one of these days. It's a very different... Uh, car to live with than a gasoline car uh, but when you have government come in and mandate consumer markets it's extremely disruptive and uh, that's what the union's looking at here as well as well as other non-union plants around the country is uh, how much do they have to invest uh, in these plants when the demand for the um, when the demand for the product seems to be a, a niche market.
3: Yeah, yeah, the good point about the rest of the uh, the other uh, plants involved as well. There's a lot of non-union uh, facilities that are, are feeling the pain as well. Here's Fane again from Friday, making that a big announcement again. Additional 7,000 workers, 38 plants, 20 states.
7: UAW family, I'm going to be very direct with you. Over the last week, the vice presidents and your national negotiators in my office have been working night and day to bargain a record contract that reflects the record profits we have produced for the big three. Sadly, despite our willingness to bargain, Ford and GM have refused to make meaningful progress at the table. That's why at noon Eastern time today, we will expand our strike to these two companies.
3: 25,000 or, or about the 17% of the union's 146,000 workers, that three of the uh, the automakers there are now on strike. Uh, the two, what about GM and Ford? The two targeted SUVs uh, or crossovers in this case, Henry. Is there anything strategic about it? One of the articles I read said that this is a this is a category that's a big money maker for both companies, and maybe there's some strategy to that. Anything you might want to add there?
8: Yeah, all these, uh, all these uh, struck plants are very important. Uh, you know, the Jeep plant uh, they struck initially in Toledo. That's the uh, core uh, money of uh, of Stellantis Corporation. And these two plants that came online or went offline last week, uh, the Chicago assembly for Ford makes the Ford Explorer, one of their uh, highest volume, most profitable SUVs, and the GM plant that was struck. Uh, up in Lansing makes the Chevy Traverse uh, again a, a a nice volume very high pro, a very highly profitable uh, product so yeah they're they're uh, targeting these companies where it hurts.
3: Henry Payne with the Detroit News Economist there and of course at nine ten a.m. with the latest reports. Uh, Henry, always a pleasure. Uh, any anything else that maybe we're not looking at or what's not being talked about this that that, that folks ought to know.
8: Justin, I think um, I think the, uh, a lot of what the union is asking for are non-starters. Uh, we talked about the electrification piece, which is a big deal, and, and, the, and the companies don't want to go there because uh, these battery plants are down the road. They're in the future. But the other thing the union is asking for, they're trying to claw back a lot of what they lost in the 2009 bankruptcy, things like pensions, things like guaranteed health and retirement. That's the overhead. That drove these country these companies into bankruptcy back in 2009. I think those are non-starters uh, with with these automakers. So I, I, I would look uh, for the automakers to set down some pretty hard lines on those issues.
3: Henry Payne, the latest will continue to keep you updated as more of this continues to develop. Uh, UAW again, 7,000 more adding to that, about 25,000 now, and is starting to have again more effects, the ripple effects into
2: other non-union
3: shops and other places, uh, it's, this this goes on uh, much further. You're going to start to see the effects not just in the auto industry but throughout the economy here in Michigan and beyond. Always a pleasure, Henry. Thanks for dropping in with the latest for us today.
8: Yeah, Justin, have a great day. Uh, you too. God bless.
3: Still yet to come. We've got Tulsi Gabbard, who's in Michigan, uh, coming up at 7.05 today. We'll talk to her. Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, Police State, out coming up later this this uh, month. And Dinesh joins our conversation at 8.05. Lots to still continue to cover. The stories are big. You know, Trump was in court yesterday. may be back today. Is anybody talking about Hunter Biden? Cover that all coming up. Detroit's News Talk, super stupid.
5: Nine 10 a.m.
3: Justin Bartley back after this. I've been
5: ah, I
3: knew I wow, McCarthy's got to go. That's what Gates has said. Matt Gates making that point. A little bit of a, uh, well, it's a little turmoil in the House today. I can tell you that much. Uh, He filed yesterday that formal motion to vacate. That happened on the floor of the House yesterday. Uh, A lot of back and forth in that. Uh, There was a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of off the floor camera time with Gates as well. There is uh, no love lost between these two, (laughs) between Gates and McCarthy. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy on on X, formerly known as Twitter, tweeting it, Gates after he hit the floor about an hour later, uh, retweeted that or reposted it with just it.
6: If there's a deal made with Democrats, the only deal is, is to make one with McCarthy because I'm not offering anything and won't offer anything. And by the way, if the Democrats want to own Kevin McCarthy, they can have it because one thing I'm at peace with is... When we stand here uh, a week from now, I won't own Kevin McCarthy anymore. He won't, but you won't belong to me. So if the Democrats want to adopt him, they can adopt well, him.
3: Sarah uh, McGates out of Florida who wants McCarthy to go. There's a kind of a growing call for that, but there's still folks on the right end and many within yet the House that aren't quite there on that saying, look, uh, we we don't necessarily agree on everything, but we don't think this is the right path for us right now. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that is a struggle is that they've got a lot of momentum with you've got these well, the, the the impeachment inquiry that's happening right now. You've got uh, some of these hearings that are going on with these committees that are out now, you know see, there are a lot of American people who are saying these are committees, they ever do anything, they just talk, talk, talk. They ever get anything done. And that is a sentiment that I, I can understand. I I get that frustration. Uh, all of this is is again just beginning to mount, and who knows where where it goes at some point. We're gonna get. It's not. By the way, the McCarthy on Gates isn't the only crime in Congress right now. Here's a Democrat congressman carjacked. A couple of tragic stories, but unfortunately, they're all because of the horrific progressive Democrat policies in some of these major cities, Philly and D.C., among them. I've got a couple to highlight a little bit later on today. That that doesn't give me any, I don't get any joy by sharing these, but a Democrat congressman carjacked in D.C. of all places. To get the latest on that story. Tulsi Gabbard set to join us. Former Congresswoman, rumored to be running for or with someone. We'll we'll, do, we'll talk about that. We'll get into those conversations. Why is she coming to Michigan? And, and your chance to catch up with her. All of that coming up at seven oh five. Detroit's News Talk Superstation nine ten a.m. Justin Barkley back after this. 706, now the Choice news talk, Superstation, 19 a.m. we got Trump in court, maybe back again today. Hunter Biden, I'm sure he'll get the same coverage as he had today that Trump got yesterday. Oh, I'm sure the cameras will be there wall-to-wall, CNN, MS, DNC. They'll all be there. They'll be covering it, I'm sure. You know how that's. Everything's so fair and so balanced these days, right? Uh, we got that. We'll talk more uh, in a little bit later on about 735 today about that battle heating up between Gates and McCarthy, what that means for the House and what we'll see moving forward there right now in uh, Michigan this weekend. Tulsi Gabbard joins us. She'll be here for a couple of events and uh, and joining us to talk about those and a couple of other things. Former Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard on with us now. Good morning, Tulsi. How are you? Hey,
2: good morning, Justin. Aloha. I'm great. How are you?
3: Uh, I am wonderful and aloha to you too. I, I want to first. I want to start out by asking. Um, I like guess a lot of this story. Uh, just unfortunately, the way this news cycle works. But it, this is a shame. It's over and over and over again. We've seen it with East Palestine. We've seen it with all these forgotten places that get swept under the rug. And uh, what happened in Maui Lahaina is 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 big. Uh, another one of those big stories It's just kind of yeah. falling off the radar. Can you give us an update on this? I know that. People are
2: still hurting. Thank you, Thank you for asking, Justin. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, and, and uh, people are still hurting. You know, the thousands who uh, lost their homes in that devastating wildfire, they still don't have homes. They've been put up in, in hotels or Airbnbs or in other places temporarily, but have most recently been told by Hawaii's governor that they have to clear out of the hotels in West Maui, the side of the island where Lahaina is, in order to make space for tourists. And these, these residents of Maui who've been displaced by the fire, they're left wondering, where are we supposed to go? Uh, you know, they, they can't afford to go and pay four or $5,000 in rent, uh, you know, for a single family home. There aren't any other reasonable accommodations, at least at this point, being made for them Uh, So this this continues to add serious insult to the the trauma and injury that they experienced when this fire swept swept through their town, uh, killing family members, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and devastating, you know, what for many has been their homes for, for generations.
3: How many are still missing? Do we have a number on that?
2: I believe the last reported number, official number that I saw was 60. Uh, I believe the last fatality count was 97. Uh, there are still a lot of questions. There, there was a woman who had uh, r- literally run through a field of fire trying to escape. She was evacuated to the burn unit on the island of Oahu, a different island where she was treated for the last seven weeks and unfortunately just succumbed to her burn wounds. Uh, yesterday,
3: yeah I saw that another horrific uh, and and very tragic end in that story. Um, why aren't we but, continuing to hear these stories? Tulsi Gabbard with us now. what Why, why do they fall through the cracks?
2: You know justin, uh, it, this this is the unfortunate thing about when these tragedies occur. Uh, as you said, the news cycle moves quickly, even though the trauma, the tragedy, the human suffering, uh, and frankly, in our case, uh, and in many others, the failure of government to fulfill their most basic responsibility to our communities uh, goes on. I mean, you, you and, and the people of Flint, Michigan can relate to this in a very real and direct way as the water crisis that they live through continues. Uh, to go on. We are seeing this in East Palestine, as you mentioned, Uh, folks there continuing to deal with the aftermath of that unprecedented toxic spill that happened right there in the middle of their community. Uh, So I I appreciate you bringing these things up because, you know, we as Americans care for each other. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, we are helping to heal in the wake of these situations we have to hold our leaders accountable by continuing to raise to them the responsibility that they have to serve the people who, uh, who elected them. Uh, unfortunately, I, and I can speak for Hawaii in this case, but also I went to East Palestine and I've, I've been to Flint, Michigan. In each of these cases, there has been a pretty direct failure uh, to, to fulfill that basic responsibility by government leaders. Uh, and that's our job. That's our job as Americans to lift our voices and hold them to account and to make sure that our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, are not forgotten.
3: Tulsi Gabbard's with us right now. She'll be here in Michigan this weekend. I want tell you where you can see her and uh, hear from her. But, Tulsi, uh, sort of sticking with it, it's adding insult to injury. Uh, as this happens, we're seeing uh, some of the reports of how these people are being supported the forgotten story, but the people are left behind, too. All of this money goes to Ukraine. We're seeing story after story of folks coming across the border and now $2,200 a person to come across the border. That's after room and board. But the the, the families, one household gets a check for $700 in uh, Maui. How are the people, how are they handling that part of of this issue and where are they? Uh, just just on that, are people are people waking up? I mean, obviously it's it's a rude awakening there, but like, are they waking up to this idea that man, these these the way things are working in this country, just they're they're not working
6: for the average person.
2: They aren't, uh, and you know Hawaii is a is and has been a pretty strong Democrat state. Uh, but people there can recognize uh, the the failure of the leadership, frankly, in Hawaii, but also uh, in the Biden and Harris administration. It was very telling, Justin, that, you know, I, I went to the island of Maui just a few days after this disastrous wildfire devastated the community there in West Maui. And one of the first things that I heard from people, I went there to listen, to provide support, to see how I could help lift up their voices in any possible way and Try to help mobilize those resources and that one of the first things that i heard from a number of people in separate situations was hey lucky
1: land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
2: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office would pay attention to us and get us the support we need. Uh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that in the wake of this disaster with such huge loss of life, there there's not been a wildfire of that uh, uh, consequence in our country for the last hundred years. And people are crying for help. And this is where they go because they see where our tax, our taxpayer dollars are going. They're seeing how even during this last threat of a government shutdown, how it was Democrats who were saying, well, hey, we need to make sure that there's Ukraine funding uh, included in this temporary continuing uh, resolution uh, that was passed. And, you know, there was a threat that the government might shut down because it did not have funding for Ukraine. And and that was the question. I mean, mean, it makes me angry. It makes me angry what to speak of my friends and, you know, neighbors and people I've worked with over the years and Maui saying, well, what about us? How come you're not taking a stand for us? How come you're not taking a stand for the people of East Palestine? How come you're not taking a stand for the people in this country who are struggling and who are suffering and who are in need?
3: You know, it's interesting because we have, and I'm I mean, not just looking at this from a different perspective. A lot of times I hear right versus left, you're Republican versus Democrat. And I, and I get, I, I don't even know if conservative versus liberal, like if those words, even mean the same anymore um yeah but are are these people because in in in, here in michigan we're going through the uaw strike right now and one of the things i continue to look at is is just wonder is do the union workers understand that when they pay their dues the unions are taking that money they're giving it to, to 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 biden they're giving it to whitmer who's our governor here in michigan and they're pushing these ev policies which are crippling the I'm not saying we shouldn't do do make these changes and look at these ways to do these things, but they're 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 spending this government money, which is crippling the industry. And it, it is again, it's hurting the the actual working people, and they may not even have jobs in 10 years from now. Who knows what's going to happen with this industry? But do the people get it like these policies and the people they're voting for uh, the Bidenomics specifically ain't working for the working man?
2: You know, I definitely can't speak for uh, the people of Michigan, but from what I have been hearing and reading, uh, you know, about why these workers are supporting this strike is is because they are feeling the pain of quote-unquote Bidenomics. They are feeling the pain of inflation and how their money is just not going anywhere near as far as it used to be. And that's the same thing people across the country are experiencing. Of course, it is not the elite who suffer As a result of the Biden-Harris administration's pussies, it is the everyday working men and women in this country who are dealing with the ramifications and uh, are wondering what what tomorrow will bring and who will represent uh, our voice. And I couldn't agree more with you, you know, when you said, what does conservative mean these days? What does liberal or progressive mean? And even left versus right, I, I have a hard time with these labels because they mean very different things to very different people and are often used for one group or another selfish interest what it really comes down to is the well-being and interests of the American people, regardless of political affiliation or party uh, versus the the elites and those who only care about padding their pockets or their own selfish interests or getting more power uh, and 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 not really caring ultimately about the people or or our Constitution, uh, our freedom. And, and I, I hope, and this is this is what I'll be talking about when I come to Michigan this weekend. I'm looking forward to getting there. My mom grew up in uh, Grand Rapids. She graduated from East Grand Rapids High and University of Michigan. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there because now is a time when we really, really need to come together as Americans Tulsi- uh, around the things that are most important uh, to us and our country.
3: Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, I'd love to... I'd love to see that happen. Uh, we're being pulled apart every day. It seems like divided, distracted in so many different ways. To get us back together I think is going to take a, a quite a bit, but at least we're having those conversations. And uh, exactly. you can have one with, well, with Tulsi this week. And, in fact, there are a couple of different places you can be. Saturday, Grosse Point Yacht, Yacht Club. There are details about this online. We'll make sure that you get all the details. If you go to justinbarkley.com, we'll put everything up on the stack for you as well. Tulsi, i got to ask you, uh, there are rumors about, what you may be doing when you're coming around and, and visiting here and where you may be going and, and uh, whether you're running for something or with someone, um, is there anything <laughs> you can tell us about those? There's a lot of people out there saying, hey, you might run with Kennedy, and he just said he might be, be, be running as an independent, and there's a lot of talk about that that, that possible ticket.
2: Uh, Kennedy's making an announcement on October 9th. We'll have to see, uh, see what his announcement is. Um, I, am I'm not campaigning for anything right now. I'm coming there. I'll be in Saginaw County, Wayne County, Branch County. Uh, you were put it up on your website. You can email us at aloha at TulsiGabbard.com if you want to come. I hope you can come. Really, my campaign right now is a campaign to save our democracy, our freedom, and to prevent Any of these leaders, the Biden-Harris administration or any other Democrat that they want to put in there, and frankly, some of the permanent establishment Republicans in Washington who are warmongers, we have to stop them from taking us into yet another catastrophic, unnecessary war of choice. The Biden administration has made very clear that that is where we are headed if the American people allow them to continue to stay in office uh, as a soldier, as a veteran of three combat deployments in war zones in different parts of the world, uh, we have to do all that we can to prevent that from happening, to ensure every American's opportunity to live in peace, uh, pursue prosperity, and continue to enjoy the freedoms that make this country as great as it is.
3: Tulsa Gabbard, thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, to talk with us. And, of course, so welcome to Michigan when we come back. Uh, uh, this weekend we'll put everything up online and link over uh, over to you as well. Tulsi, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Justin. Aloha. Aloha. God
3: bless. Thank you. God. That's a great conversation, and I, I, I think, think you'll have one this weekend with her as well. She makes those. Uh, there's three different places you can you can find her in uh, around the state, as she just mentioned. Those uh, Wayne County, uh, she's going to be Oakland County, Branch County, and, and I think did she say Saginaw? So yeah, so we've got all those. We'll put them up online for you to be able to get all of that information as well. I am. I continue to be struck by this idea that again, I don't know that conservative or liberal are are terms that I can uh, use these days. I don't know that conservative or liberal are terms that mean anything anymore. And I know that maybe maybe in your in your mind that they mean some outdated things. But I think, as she pointed out, and I think we're Seeing a growing movement here of a populace, it's the people versus the ones who are in control and no longer uh, serve those interests they just I don't know that they ever served the interest or served the people. But what is interesting is what's happening. You're seeing a is it an awakening? Is that what? Ha- are people's eyes opening up to the way things have always been? And has it been the last few years? that have pushed us in that direction we continue these conversations what matters most coming up detroit's news talk superstation it's 9 10 a.m uh, it's a jam-packed show coming up we'll talk about what's happening in the house gates trying to get rid of mccarthy that story more from trump in court yesterday and we'll Will the media finally cover Hunter today? And, you know he's in court too. I'm just wondering. Do you think they got enough cameras to put them both at the courthouse? To Trump is at and Hunter's. Uh, I I I don't know if there's enough. Maybe there's just not enough cameras to get them. Get them all out there. Yeah, that maybe that's the issue. Well, we'll find out. And that's just joins us at 805 this morning too talking about his new movie, Police State. It's all coming up on 9 10 AM. Justin Barkley back after this. alert test scheduled to hit your phone I've got a lot of people asking me about this what do you think is going to happen when the emergency alert and this is tomorrow right today's the third so tomorrow's the fourth that's when this is supposed to take place a massive emergency alert test is coming so they just said this is a test this is only a test they're letting us know about it. But people, are, you know, I mean, obviously a little on edge with everything. You know, it's funny because when these tests need to go out, sometimes they don't. You know, uh, a great example of this was Hawaii. It was Maui. It was what happened in Lahaina. There there was supposed to be uh, sirens. You know, they have this massive system out there. Spent some time in in those places, and you've seen it. This like, they're like tsunami warnings. When, when little Rocket Man, Rocket Man, when he was shooting up the rockets, I was actually out there at one point. And he was staying on Kauai, and um, watching uh, uh, all of that, and people being be- prepared in a lot of ways. The tsunami systems or those early warning sirens were used in a lot of ways to. Update people, and they could be used for anything. Could be tsunami, it could be hurricane. They actually get hurricanes. And they don't always. I think it's been a while since I had a direct hit, uh, but hurricane, typhoon, whatever they end up calling them. I know it kind of switches at some certain point. The the uh, the Asian areas we will call them typhoons, but it's the same. same same sort of storm. But it never went off. They have the massive, probably the worst natural disaster in the, the history of these islands. Nothing, nothing ever went off for them. Of course, you might want to know if the volcano is about to erupt, things like that. You know, so. but that is the question when it comes to these things. A lot of people wondering about what's going to happen on the fourth. And the media out there telling us don't panic, and you shouldn't. From what I know uh, about how these systems work, people have been asking me about this. These tests are standard. I don't know why it's getting such a big. Um. I kind of, I kind of, actually, I kind of do. Everything is a thing now, so you know we're on pins and needles twenty four seven about everything, and everything is a thing. You're constantly worried about that, but just a heads up: tomorrow is going to be this about two. I don't know why this. Dude, this is a good. Why two twenty p.m. Why, 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 what's up with that random time? So they think a couple of things are going to happen. Your phones are going to get an alert. There's a different system for that. And then your radio stations, this, this, this radio station, TV stations, they'll all get alerts too. And uh, FEMA is, is going to be coordinating, which is another thing. I think people are just, you know, any government, anything right now, everyone is automatically suspect of. Were you were you here with us the last couple of years, or were you living under a rock? <laughs> right, right. Well, now you know why everybody is suspect of anything government at all. Coming up, speaking of suspect, Gates says McCarthy has to go. Is there support for that? We'll get into that. The police state conversation. As we see some of the strangest stories uh, the last year or so, January Sixers charged, some of them in jail, 20 years or more, weren't even there that day. Yet you got a Democrat congressman guilty of even some of the worst, obstructing a congressional proceeding. This whole thing's getting swept under the uh, under the rug. Ring the alarm, folks. We'll talk about that. Ines D'Souza joins us at 05 this morning. Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's 9, a.m. Back after this. 7.30. <laughs> News Talk Superstation, 9, 10 a.m. It is 7.35 right now. He is headed back for day two at the courthouse. Trump reportedly headed back for day two. And uh it well, I'll tell you, after he spoke both the beginning and then after that hearing at the courthouse, uh, I think he probably liked the fact that the, the cameras were Going to cover him. Now, this is one of those things they're doing again that may just backfire. It may backfire on him. You've seen some of this, uh, well, it was 2016, where they just put the cameras on him the whole time. Let's just cover this guy. And of course, we think it's a clown show. That's what they thought clown show. Nobody's going to vote for this guy. This will be an easy win for Hillary Clinton in 2016. You saw it. He was never supposed to win. You saw what happened. That was, I, I, people always say, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen here? What do you think is going to happen there? What, what, particularly, you know, look at 2024, very, very concerning election and the cycle that's upon us in the next year or so. What do you think is going to happen? I can't call it. I saw him winning in 2016, but I can't call it in 2024. There are too many variables. There's just way too many variables. You have a deep state. What I'll say is, for the most part, unelected bureaucrat operation. It doesn't even need to be tightly organized. These people just have a seething animosity for him because he stands against everything that they stand for. They're unelected. They are making decisions on a daily basis that have hijacked this country, and he he opposes that. And there is a showdown happening again in multiple courtrooms, multiple cases throughout this country. In fact, he talked about that earlier today. We played some of the the audio, some of the clips. He made that statement there in front of uh, in front of the courtroom before he went in. Uh, how can there be a trial when there was no crime? That's part of the question that he asked. I thought that was interesting. How could there be a trial when there was no crime committed? There was never a default. In other words, none of these banks ever lost their money. Right now, this is a fraud trial. They're saying he lied or... Gave values wrong uh, that, that were inaccurate, according, according to a judge. Now, this is according to the way the judge values things. Now, the judge is not an expert. The judge is not a legal or, or a real estate expert would have no idea how to deal with any of this stuff. And yet the judge has made it his determination as a goofball. The guy is a goofball. Have you seen the pictures of him yesterday? They brought the camera in for a few minutes, showed the courtroom, panned it around. The judge is like a goofball, smiling from ear to ear. I'm ready for my close-up, he said. (laughs) This is really happening? (sighs) Ah, But I'm sure, like I said, this coverage will get the, the... this, this coverage will be very similar. They'll probably be equal. The please, split screen. Trump will be on one side, and Hunter Biden on the other, right? That's how they'll cover it today.
4: The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default.
3: In other words, he paid off his loans. There's no victim. It
4: was never a problem. Everything was perfect. There was no crime. The crime is against me because we have a corrupt district attorney, a corrupt attorney general. And it all comes down from the DOJ that totally coordinated this in Washington, because I'm leading, I'm the leading candidate, I'm leading Biden by 10 points, and I'm leading the Republicans by 50 or 60 points. That's pretty much, they say, over. I never accept that, but they say it's over. This has to do with election interference, plain and simple. They're trying to damage me so that I don't do as well as I'm doing in the election. Our country's gone to hell. We have a country that's in decline, serious decline. We have a man running our country who has no clue. There's nobody's doing it. You know it better than anybody because you
3: have to cover him. See, this is my point, is is that I can't call and Here's why, because they did the same, and I'll, I will say this. We're seeing a setup very similar. They did the same thing in 2016. They just gave him all this massive coverage. Now... The, the question is whether or not this is beneficial or helpful for, for him or not, or whether it's hurtful. Will the coverage help or hurt him? They're banking on it will bury him. Uh, but, you know, just like a seed, when the... Seed is planted. At first, it, it it appears like it may be. It may be buried, but in fact, there's something else happening deep beneath the soil. And I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot that takes place between now and then. The goofball judge. There's a lot that's come out. In fact, I got a, I'm got. going to share coming up here in a little bit. With the goofball judge, I don't know that anybody's ever heard this before. The goofball judge who is presiding over this circus. A deba- The one picture says it, says it all. One picture does... It all—if you saw him, the smile on his face and the cameras came in the court—you you would know. You don't know exactly what i what I'm getting at. So, <laughs> all of this is playing out as Hunter's supposed to head to. Uh, to we'll find out. Hunter's supposed to head to the uh, to the court today. They got to cover him the same way. The other thing that's happening: big shake-up on Capitol Hill. Matt Gates says it's time for McCarthy to go. McCarthy says, "Bring it on." <laughs> on Twitter, one of the things that I, I don't maybe McCarthy's trying to appear strong, but I just don't. I don't. I don't think that this stuff ought to be played out the way it is right now in the public i think there's it just takes the focus off the work that they're doing in the house uh, and and if if you're the speaker and you're being attacked and i guess maybe you maybe you want to defend yourself but if you're the speaker i i i, I think you well, the better approach is to say look we got business to do here if gates thinks he needs to prove something then by all by all means let's We'll have the vote, but we've got we've got work to do here. Let's get back to the work that we're doing. The Biden in, impeachment inquiry. We've got our uh, committees. You know there there are issues that we've got to deal with, and let's let's bring it out now. Gates' big problem with McCarthy. I think mean, a lot of people will sympathize with this. A lot of people will agree. The way things are being done in Washington, it ain't working, and of course. Now that's part of gates point here's part of what he had to say yesterday after he got off the house floor calling for that uh, no confidence vote. the
6: speaker did not just fail to remediate the breach of the agreement with the email us in january he accelerated the instances of breach like after i laid out the breach he went and violated the 72-hour rule after i laid out the breach he violated the hundred million uh, no amendment suspension rule so he he seems to to be reverting to the very unfortunate muscle memory of Washington DC that has put our nation atop a thirty three trillion dollar debt that has led to you know two trillion dollar annual deficits in our near future and the rapid global de dollarization of the economy. I mean you look at the BRICS system, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're moving away from the dollar. And just in August They added six new countries, including G20 countries, economies in the Western Hemisphere and Gulf monarchies.
3: He's got a good point. We're under attack, and in a lot of ways that we're not looking at. Our debt is an issue. The out-of-control spending in Washington, D.C. is a big part and cause of it all. It's time to rein that back in. And one of the things that Gates wanted done is he wanted these individual spending bills. McCarthy says, we're going to get to that right now. We're just going to do this 45-day continuing resolution. A CR. It basically kicks the can down the road for, this is 45 days anyway. You know what? It's interesting about so the timing on this yesterday. Glenn talked about this. The timing, Glenn Beck program, by the way, 9 to noon right here on Detroit's News Talk Superstation, nine ten 10 a.m., the timing of where we would be 45 days from now puts us a week before Thanksgiving. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think's going to happen with all of that? A week before Thanksgiving. Gates in that process of making the point that we are uh, we are being a victim. T- it's America weaker, all of this.
6: Uh, moreover, you you saw U.S. News say that the number one economic trend of 2023 is de-dollarization globally. This worries me. You all get all worked up that there's going to be some uncomfortable chaotic moment that I'll feel pressure from conservatives or Democrats or whoever. I feel the judgment of history. I feel the weight of that. I worry that when the history books are written about this country going down, that my name is going to be on the board of directors here. And if this country's going down and if we're losing the dollar, I'm going down fighting. And I don't care if that means fighting Republicans, Democrats, the uniparty, the leadership, the PACs, the lobbyists. I've had it. I've been here seven years. We don't have a fucking budget. We have-
3: Wait, I got to tell you, Matt Gates is fired up. And understandably, this is one of these situations where uh, they don't want to make a move in either direction in a wrong way. And you can't. There's too much at stake. On one side, you have a Republican Party who is teetering on the brink. I mean, you can't find anybody who agrees with each other on where to go. You've got a president. We've never seen this before. He's out there running, one term, trying to come back in. And you've got a a slew of people, seven, eight, ten at one point, maybe on the the, the dais at one point that want to challenge this guy, that want to take him out. And I get it. You've got Trumpers, you've got never Trumpers, you've got a split within the party. you got splits within the state party. you got splits within your county parties here in Michigan. The party itself is at odds. You've got folks within the national Seen that see these issues as not being partisan, but being something much bigger than that. There's something bigger brewing behind the scenes, and you have a very real situation, a very real problem. It is an intense problem that's happening as we speak. You've got people that are very serious looking at where does the country go, $33 trillion in debt. trillion in debt. And I can't, I can't imagine. What does that do? What does that leave our children and our grandchildren? Where does that leave us? I mean, it's not going to be, as he mentions, BRICS nations and where we're headed. It's not going to be very, very long before the train comes completely off the tracks and there is no coming back. And that is what he's telling. Me. Now these are painful things to deal with. These are issues that are not fun to confront. But I will tell you, uh, they must be confronted. They must be dealt with. I, it's like ripping a band-aid off. It's never fun when you're going through the mess, but you've got to get through it to get out on the other side and stronger. <laughs> the judge who is presiding over this Trump trial in uh, New York. We've got some interesting video that, that shows just who he is. I don't know if he's ever been foreseen, but he had a smile ear to ear like a Chesar cat yesterday when the cameras came in the courtroom. All of this. And more coming up. Plus, coming up at 8.05, Dinesh D'Souza, Police State is the new film he's got out. He's got it set to release this month. We'll have a conversation with him. Join us at any time. 248-800-TALK, 248-800-8255. Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's 9, 10 a.m. This judge in the Trump case is one piece of work. I will tell you that much. If you saw the picture of him, you would automatically say, wow. It's it's like a cartoon. He's kind of like a cartoon character. He really is. And it's perfect, straight out of central casting. It is like uh, the clowns. I I just see the cars pulling out. The clowns just... Piling out in droves, spilling out of, <laughs> out of the cars. Oh, this judge is something else. Hey, it's a Detroit News Talk Superstation, nine ten a.m. Justin Barkley. It is fifty nine right now. Up to eighty six today. The heat, unseasonable, might be unseasonably warm in the courtroom for Hunter today too. Hunter's back in court. Uh, but before we pay more attention to Hunter, let me just play you the little clip. This is making its way around the Internet right now. This is the judge, the guy. They bring the cameras in. He's smiling from ear to ear like a Cheshire cat. They are so excited. He cannot wait for his close-up. The cameras are coming. all. Oh, he's going to get his moment in the sun. On a case that is just absolutely, it's fraud itself, the case. It's just over-the-top election interference rigged as Trump has called it. Here is the judge, the Democrat judge, who is presiding over all of this circus and what he has to say about how he rules.
9: Now, I'm going to say something controversial, even while I'm being taped.
3: Even while I'm being taped? That yeah. okay, sure, go
9: ahead. Juries get it wrong a lot. That's my own opinion. I do only civil trials, personal injury cases, contract disputes, but I've had situations where like, oh my my,
1: heaven's sake, how could they have fought that? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
9: I have a tool that I can deal with that. It's called jury notwithstanding the ver- judgment notwithstanding the verdict. I can say there is no possible way that a reasonable jury would have reached that conclusion. And, all right, am I following the law or am I making law? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm following law. I'm, I'm an impartial referee. But it's hard to factor out my own emotions. And I have tools. Somebody can say, well, Your Honor, you have to throw out this case because it's just like another case. Well, is it just like another case? What if the defendant was wearing a red sweater instead of a blue sweater? Oh, and, and
3: by the way, I worked for the Columbia Daily... Se- this guy it is a clown. This is the guy, by the way, they're, they're going to be wall to wall on this again today. But this is a guy who's overseeing. The Trump case, as we speak, uh, you've got a justice system that is broken. That's going to resonate with lots of folks. It is two-tiered. It is out of control. And it is a, it is a, a constant issue. What? what do I mean by t- What do I What does that mean? Well, we'll see. I mean, just in the media landscape, Hunter, again, is in court. He's expected to plead not guilty. Today, but Joe's boy Hunter appearing in Delaware at a court uh, and and going to plead not guilty to the gun charge. These are the remember he was supposed to get off scot free. Come on, man! This was supposed to be uh, all done. All of this is supposed to be worked out and off the table. All of it's supposed to be just completely wiped out. Hunter returning to court. In Delaware, expected to plead not guilty. Remember, they had this whole plea deal, this sweetheart deal. They had it all worked out. Hunter Biden due back in courtroom Tuesday, where he's expected to plead not guilty to federal firearms charges that emerged after his earlier deal collapsed. The president's son facing charges that he lied about his drug use, amongst other things, in October 2018 on a form to buy a gun that he kept for about 11 days. And then his girlfriend... Or his wife, I don't remember, whoever at the time, whoever he was with at the time, ended up throwing it in a, in a trash can somewhere in public. He's acknowledged struggling. This is the AP now. He's acknowledged struggling with an addiction to crack cocaine during that period. But his lawyers have said he didn't break the law. Gun charges like these are rare. An appeals court has found the ban on drug users having guns violates the Second Amendment. Un, un, oh, so now... <laughs> Now, now they want to they want to focus on the second the Democrats. The media want to focus on the Second Amendment now and talk about how important it is. Well, we'll see. We'll see how much coverage we get on this and more today. <laughs> Never a dull moment. Dinesh deSouza joins us coming up in minutes. Police state the documentary, and I think it has a little bit to do with what we're talking about today. Oh, five coming up next. Detroit's News Talk Superstation. It's nine ten AM. I'm Justin Bartley back after this. I don't city welcome in detroit's news talk superstation 9 10 a.m how about this headline deaths in michigan dipped to pre-covid levels for the first time in august born a runner report try and get to that a little bit later on before we get out of here this hour lots to discuss in fact we'll talk to you too if you want to join the program anytime. any time 248 800 talk that's 248 8255 but first the new film is coming out this month from Dinesh D'Souza.
5: We honor you, Father. let you.
4: Chief Division Counsel and DOJ approved a no-not-breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of
6: shame, full visual impact. Any questions?
0: Are we becoming a police state?
6: government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the
1: first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door?
6: FBI war, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have... The ...the biggest propaganda
4: play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need
3: to have a crime. What we need... In person this is i i don't know if the timing could be more perfect for this film i believe it to be providential dinesh d'souza that one of the best document uh documentary filmmakers particularly in this field joins us right now uh, dinesh thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today
0: hey it's a pleasure uh, thanks for having me
3: you know your films are always captivating but i don't know um You know, for such a time as this, right now we're seeing it play out in front of our very eyes. Over the weekend, a congressman, to avoid a vote, to pause the action in Congress, pulls a fire alarm. Jamal Bowman pulls a fire alarm, former principal, he knows, probably shouldn't do that, pulls a fire alarm to stop the voting process for taking place. This is obstructing the congressional proceeding. There are people that were not even... At the Capitol on January 6th, they're doing 20 years and more in prison right now. People that are rotting that were we're just there on the grounds. There are people there that we're seeing the two-tier justice system, this police state, play out right in front of our very eyes. And I bet, national, I'm willing to go on a limb here and bet that nothing's going to happen to that guy. Nothing will happen to Bowman.
0: You you can be absolutely sure of it. And just look at the way in which not just Bowman, of course, uh, who who has the absurd explanation that he was just uh, he misread the sign, uh, the sign that's been there all along and that he's been dealing with for for who knows how long. But, you know, I think an insight occurred to me about these double standards because we're always pointing them out. You look at the way that the government, for example, goes after Trump, and then the same agencies of government try to cover up for Biden. Look at the way that the BLM protesters were treated versus the January 6th protesters. Well, it's important to realize that when you're dealing with an emerging police state, they don't really have a double standard. They have a single standard. Well, what's the single standard? The single standard is protect all the people who are helping to build the police state, and go after all the people who are opposing the police state. And when you apply that single standard, everything that they're doing makes complete sense. Of course, Jamal Bowman thought he had complete immunity. He's like, look, I'm on the side of the guys building the police state. I know that the police agencies are not going to target me. And so he felt that sense that he was above the law because, in a sense, he is.
3: Americans are being targeted in so many different ways. I know people that have uh, come up against this. I know you've come up against. You've seen this in your very own life. But I think it's really starting to get – I mean, let let me ask this, actually. This is a better asked as a question. Is it starting to sink into people when they're seeing parents who are going to school board meetings, speaking out, asking questions, being targeted, Catholics practicing their faith being targeted is it starting to sink in people you think
0: I, I think it is you know when I had my campaign finance case with the Obama administration uh, in which they brought the full force of the government against me for donating to a college friend uh, who was running for the Senate you know I thought okay this is a private vendetta I made this movie about Obama he's a bit of a narcissist he went nuts he unleashed Eric Holder but I saw it as a kind of a one-off. I didn't realize that it was a, a case, mine was, this was 2013, that was a sort of a precursor to what would happen to Michael Flynn and uh, Papadopoulos and ultimately, of course, Trump and so many other people. So, yes, I think this is becoming more pervasive. One of the things I do in the film is I show not only a lot of the people who operate the police state, whistleblowers, people like that, but ordinary people who have come head-to-head with the police state because I know there's a certain type of person who's going to say, well, I'm not Donald Trump and I didn't go into the Capitol on January 6th and I pay my taxes and so, no, I'm never going to have the FBI come smashing through my door. And my message to that person is you could not be more wrong.
3: Now, I don't think any of these people thought it would happen uh, to them either. We I know someone here in Michigan ran for governor. He was at the uh, Capitol that they never went inside. You know, the FBI, he's got, I think, five kids. They came to his house pre-dawn and raided his home um, in, in a way to make a scene for news media, tip them off and all of those things so that it would knock him out as a candidate, as someone serious in the running. It was election interference. Uh, it, 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 they knew who he was. He was not going anywhere as a candidate. They could have easily had a conversation with him and his attorney and had him come in and have a you know have those discussions. But they came into his home in this br- show of brute force, like they've done many times in other cases as well, to make a statement. Is that what the police state is?
0: Yes, the police state at its heart is a one-party state. Now, the Democrats have not been um, the majority party in that sense since the days of FDR. Arguably between about 1932 and 1980, the Democrats were kind of a one-party state. You had Republicans, but they were kind of a nominal ineffective opposition. But those were a different type of Democrats. These Democrats today are building this police state, ultimately to squelch out the opposition. And so, um, uh, if you look at one-party states abroad, you know, think about North Korea, China, the old Soviet Union, you see certain distinguishing features. Mass surveillance, censorship, uh, political targeting, one-party state, the existence of political prisoners, ideological indoctrination in the schools and the media. And guess what? We see all those things, every single one of them, now here in the United States.
3: I know that this film is coming out at the end of the month here and folks want to find out how to see it. There are a couple of different locations uh we'll give you here specifically in, in the special showings around the state. We're gonna put those links up on our, our website as well. But Dinesh D'Souza with us right now, um he's made this film called Police State and it's talking about many of the things we're watching unravel in front of our very eyes as we speak. And you look at your country and you many and say, I don't I don't recognize this place anymore. Dinesh, what was the, going through these stories and and pouring through them all, what was the maybe one of the most shocking, the one even you looked at and said, I can't can't believe my own eyes on this one as you were digging through some of these stories we might be shocked or appalled by?
0: I mean, there is a lot of shocking, kind of mind-blowing stuff in the movie at the level of detail. I'm just going to draw out the big picture here. And the big picture is I came to the United States as an immigrant Uh, in the late 1970s and I said to myself what a great country we have this bill of rights and we have all these basic rights like free speech the right to conscience the right to petition the government um, equal justice under the law and and these rights are not subject to political negotiation even 99 percent of people are not allowed to shut down my right to speech or my right to conscience and, and I took this America for granted, and I wrote books called What's So Great About America based upon this America, which was not only the America of the founding in the, in the, in the parchments, but it was the America that I lived in. And then, then I realized recently, because of a constellation of factors, it's that all these rights are now called into question. Suddenly, it's not easy to say that I live in a free country anymore, and this is a sort of a shock to your patriotism because you realize, wow, We're living in a different America. There are many people who refuse to believe it. They're like the wildebeest that keeps grazing. uh, And I kind of feel like the animal that, you know, sees a movement in the trees. And I made this movie because I'm trying to warn the herd, warn the rest of us, that we are actually in considerable danger.
3: (sighs) What will it take to wake us up? I I is it going to just be something that is an ultimate, you know, the last camel uh, that broke the last straw that broke the camel's back or are are people ready to 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 because what we're looking at is it left versus right this is right versus wrong
0: It absolutely is and the other thing is there's always a limited window of time because when the jaws of the police sh- state slam shut it's too late it's very difficult then to do anything Uh, I'm talking in my podcast about Solzhenitsyn's the Gulag Archipelago, and the Mm -hmm. police state is fully established. And he goes, and nevertheless, when people come to a guy's door, they always bleed out. They're like, me? Like, what for? Like, why me? You know, and people are like, like, give me a reason why you're arresting me. And it, it turns out they don't have a reason. The guy is on a list. He could have gotten on a list for seventeen different reasons you know he's an, he's a small peasant he's a he's a, he said something to his friend that was critical of the regime. It doesn't really matter; they have nothing to say to him and and so the point being that that while time remains, we need to wake up to this threat. We are in a position to stop it, but only if we're aware of it and act against it
3: All right one of those things and the the national talk about the film where folks can find it in just moments, but what are the things that people can do to stop? stop and obviously talking about it, going to see the film. film is going to be a big part of that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, blowing the whistle is kind of what a film can do. And the power of a film is that it doesn't just tell you, because sometimes when you tell someone their eyes blaze over, they can't actually comprehend it. Because, I mean, think about the experience of, a, you know, a helicopter overhead, you know, a flashbang going off people coming storming into your house with guns. This is so alien to the ordinary American's experience that he doesn't really believe it. But the good thing about a movie is we can show it. We have actual footage from from dash cams and body cams showing this stuff going on. We also recreate some scenes based upon a clinical account that people are giving in the movie. So it kind of takes you there. I think if this doesn't wake people up, I don't really know what will.
3: Dinesh D'Souza, well, uh, from your lips to God's ears, I hope it does wake people up, and I hope folks do go see the film. dot net is where you can find out more about it. We've got a couple of showings uh, on the east side of the state. We'll post as well in the special events coming, coming up, up in the, in the next uh, few days here in in Detroit and, of course, throughout the state as well, October 23rd and 25th. Uh, with some special uh, limited two-night-only theatrical releases as well. Dinesh, where can folks follow you? I know you got the podcast, you're doing some great work online. Where can they keep up with you?
0: Well, my website is just Dineshdesuza.com, but I, but I urge people to go to the movie site, uh, net because on October 27th, we're also having our kind of virtual red carpet premiere, and this is, uh, you know, wherever you are in the country, you can sign up, you can buy tickets on the site, and it's going to have music, it's going to have a screening of the film, it's going to have a live Q&A with me and Dan Bongino to follow. I collaborated with Bongino on this movie. So it's going to be great stuff, and so see it in the theater if you can, but if you can't, signing up for the virtual premiere is the way to go. But tickets are only available in one place, and that is policestatefilm.net.
3: All right, there you go. Dinesh D'Souza, thank you so much for taking the time. We always appreciate you, my friend. My pleasure. God bless. There you have it. Um, you know, and Dennis has done some great work. Uh, he he is always out there ringing the alarm. This is a warning for all of us, and we've got to face this. If we don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens to our country. I don't know where we're headed. And uh, in the coming days, I, I I think about my kids and and you know what their, their kids might face. But gosh, I mean, I don't even really know, know. if it if it makes it that far, honestly at the rate and the speed that we're headed. It does feel like we're a banana republic and we're slipping on banana peels all the way down that slope right now as things continue to play out. Again, today, Trump back in court for day two. We'll have Hunter Biden, who has his day in court, but will it really be covered? Will it really be the same sort of attention paid to that situation as it is going to be paid to Trump today? Well... Oh, sure. Um, Sure it will be, right? Uh, We talk about that. Plus, uh, speaking of some wild things, uh, two really, I mean, sad stories, but also uh, tragic stories. Congressman Carjack right in D.C. and what happened to a Philly journalist who was saying, no, there's no crime here. There's no violence. We'll cover those stories coming up. Detroit's News Talk Superstation, 9, 10 a.m. It's 821 right now. Well, oh, you didn't win. I did some... That's the bad news. You didn't win, uh, but the, I guess the good news is nobody else did either. So if you're t- <laughs> depending on this uh, Powerball to be your, you know, <laughs> get you out of debt and say, I mean, you might have to win a billion-dollar Powerball just to survive in Biden's America these days. Uh, but that is, it's over, now it's uh, a billion, sorry, a billion two now, is that? Is that what I said, $1.2 billion? Yeah, that might, sa- that might save you a little bit of... <sighs> a little bit of dough. Hey, Detroit Chief James Craig is announcing his bid for Michigan's open U.S. Senate seat. That will be the one that Debbie Stabenow is, uh, is going to be uh, retiring from. He's excited to get out and, uh, and talk with folks. In fact, he'll be here, I believe, tomorrow. We've got another big show tomorrow, too. In fact, we had Dinesh D'Souza, Tulsi Gabbard today, and then tomorrow, looks like Bill O'Reilly. We've got an update. Brian Festa will join us with the lawsuit that they're filing. These are the folks, we the Patriots USA, fighting the, uh, the gun issue in New Mexico. The governor trying to take away your Second Amendment right altogether. Yep. Uh, They're fighting that and And should have a hearing and an update for that tomorrow as well. And hear from uh, Chief James Craig, who is jumping and throwing his hand to race. He's one of uh, of a, a crowded field. Well, for years, James Craig was the chief of police in Detroit, Michigan. He
6: rose to the job. He brought clarity and competence. He served that city. What about those families? What about small businesses? What about the victims of crime? It's going to require strong leadership, and that's what I bring to the table. These are individual,
7: the- political servants, not public servants. These are tough times. It's a bloodstream. Look
4: at what's going on in our state. Our country is, is going in a bad direction. Americans want better, right? And they want something different, and we're going to give it to them. Uh, James Craig has made some
6: noise about uh, getting these. Uh, let the audience know, you are running for an open seat uh, in your state, right?
4: I'm Chief James Craig. And I'm running for U.S.
3: Senate. So he's got a crowded field already. Mike Rogers has announced. uh, Alexandria, Taylor. Uh, Boy, there's a number of folks we've talked to uh, through the last few weeks, I think. And there were a few on Mackinac uh, as well that we had conversations with. And there's some... I, there's, some, there's some solid names, some people that you would recognize uh, in there. The question is, what happens as it gets this heated? Dr. Sherry O'Donnell, Michael Hoover, Nikki uh, for Senate. Uh, like I said, uh, Alexandria Taylor, Mike Rogers. And then um, you just heard Chief James Craig. Now, there is there's another couple of people that are still out there. The questions still remain. Peter Meyer, who uh, was a congressman from Michigan's 3rd District, um, he, he was uh, unseated in the primary uh, last year, last time around in um, West Michigan, um, a Trump-endorsed John Gibbs ran against Gibbs, was in Trump's cabinet. And, of course, you probably remember that Peter Meyer voted to impeach Trump at one point. Now, who knows if that relationship is still rocky or whether it's been smoothed over or not. But had conversations with him not too long ago. And I don't know if he's getting it or not. But the question is, uh, a lot of folks talking about him, too, is he, of course, uh, one of the Meyer heirs, the Meyer grocery stores, well the folks he'd be able to fund himself, right but but is he is he going to get in and, and, and be a part of that that conglomerate of folks are in? There's another name too, by the way. There's another name that's being thrown around. Perry Johnson is the other. One. we've been talking about him here and there too, because he ran for president, ran for governor, ran for president, um, and he they didn't, well, he's been kind of robbed both times, actually. Obviously, you know what happened with the signatures uh, to get him on the ballot. Uh, robbed in that sense. There was fraud that occurred, and I don't those people really get held accountable fully. That was election interference, was it not? Rigged. Not allowed on the ballot. That was another one of those situations here in Michigan. And then uh, he was he was kind of robbed, but they wouldn't let him on stage to the debate. Now, they had... 17 other people on stage at that debate, that first debate, but they weren't going to let Perry on. And they, he qualified, and I think he even had a walkthrough and was getting ready to go up on stage for that debate. And at the last minute, they pulled the plug on him. So he's also looking at whether or not he should run as uh, for, for Senate or not. We're going to get him something. I don't know. Drain commissioner. We're going to find something for him. He wants to serve. I promise you, whether it's this or something else down the road, I like like Perry. I think he's, uh, look, he's in the fight. Whether he wants to, uh, you know, whether it's going to work out for him to get into this one or not, whether he wants to jump in this race or not, I don't know. I think a lot of people are probably looking at that and weighing out. Um, This is going to be a costly fight, especially if you want to stand out in a crowd of this many people. It is, it's going to be a tough one. But, folks, you know, we need tough people, people willing to face the fight to represent us here in Michigan, back in Washington. We need people that won't crumble under pressure. That's a fact. It was 1989. My thoughts were short. My hair was All right. You've heard a bit of these conversations coming up. The Chief Craig, one of the platforms he Sure, talk about his crime and what's happening in his country, violence, the crime that we heard, gangs coming across the border, and home invasions as far north as here in Michigan, in fact. Some of the other stories, a Democrat Congressman carjacked just the other day, Philly journalist shot and killed. But what makes this story so oh tragic is this individual saying there's no issue there's no crime there's nothing to see here all no oh, you you'll want to hear these stories coming up in just moments we're back after this detroit's news talk Superstation, 9 10 a.m Uh, the mayor of Chicago, newly elected, is uh, is is blaming <laughs> car makers. You won't believe this. Brandon Johnson, Democrat mayor of Chicago, blaming car makers, not criminals, for auto thefts. I kind of remember seeing some of this in, the, in other cities. Hyundai and Kia, he says, are to blame. They're the problem. They're the reason why auto thefts are through the roof. The failure, he says, to install basic auto theft prevention technology in these models is sheer negligence. And as a result, a citywide, nationwide crime spree around automobile theft has been unfolding. It's your fault. Not the criminals. I just, is this victim shaming? I think if I recall correctly, that's how that works. It's, it's victim shaming. At least, that's what I'm told. Maybe it doesn't work the same way. When it's woke, it does not matter. It's not, it's not the same. Certainly not the same. Some of the crazier stories, as we mentioned uh, earlier today, I, w- I was talking about, there's two that just jumped off the page crime-wise to me. And again, as we see this devolution into the Banana Republic that we, uh, we were, were certainly on the slippery slope and we got one banana peel uh, under each foot, apparently, it seems like anyway. Well, the the slippery slope on down the down the road into the banana republic. With this we're watching the crime just become such an issue. It's probably going to get even worse. It's just it just unthinkable. But here is what happened just the other day. Can you imagine this? Repres- Democrat Representative Henry Cuellar from Texas carjacked at gunpoint in D.C. A sitting congressman can't even drive through Washington, D.C. without threat of being carjacked. Democrat congressman carjacked Monday night in Washington's Navy Yard neighborhood, the latest high-profile crime to raise alarm in the nation's capital. A congressional source with direct knowledge of the incident said that Representative Henry Cuellar from Texas was carjacked at gunpoint. Believed to be unharmed. Well think of this. Capitol Police have been alerted to the crime, but there have been no arrests as a press time. The carjacking of a veteran congressman came just months after Representative Angie Craig from Minnesota, another Democrat, was assaulted in her apartment complex in Washington, DC. Now that's scary. I don't even remember hearing about. It. Crime in D.C. has surged this year, throw throwing the crazy story about former Speaker Pelosi and her husband in the home invasion in San Francisco. Yeah, well, I guess you guess you could throw that in there. That was a little weird, wasn't it? That whole thing. Crime in D.C. surged this year. Homicides clearing 200 for the year last week, marking a 35 percent jump from this point in the year prior. Law and order they say has deteriorated such that lawmakers in September held a safety meeting to discuss tips for staffers to minimize the risk of becoming the victim of a violent crime. Again, this is one of those situations where it it's it's I don't know, it's just, yeah. it's DC, so you're going, you, know, you can't carry a firearm. They know. That you're unarmed. The criminals know. The crooks know. When you're walking through the streets, they know that they they face, you face, there's no threat. There's absolutely no threat. It's not like you're going to be able to fight back. You know, it's it's interesting. I, let's tweet from Mike Cernovich, one of the guys on the... the Former Twitter. Now X says, I won't pretend to feel sorry for a powerful Democrat, Representative Henry Quaylor, who wanted law enforcement resources devoted to persecuting January 6th defendants, choosing to allow murder and mayhem to terrorize black D.C. residents. This was his choice. Not to mention all of these folks who were all pro defund the police. All of these last several years. Uh yeah, they asked for it. They asked for it. And now you can't you can pretend like it does like these these acts these things don't have consequences? When you run around saying we don't need police and we don't appreciate police and we gotta defund the police.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
8: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
1: huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: You run around doing all of that, the chickens come home, the roost, the consequences, your actions have consequences. That's what we're seeing right now. Well, if it isn't the consequences of my own decisions, that's what we're watching. In March, Democrat Washington, D.C. Council Chairman Phil Mendelssohn insisted there's not a crime crisis in washington dc i know this belies the common
4: belief and when it comes to crime how people feel is important but there is not a
3: crime crisis in washington dc and then last night you have a congressman carjacked at gunpoint uh this is this is dangerous folks I get the politics of things and I get they want to lie about everybody. We get to a point where like it now has become dangerous. Their delusion is one thing. But uh, he's putting up with that. Is it you know, that's a whole? There's a whole nother. There's a whole nother situation when it comes to how this impacts you, your kids, and everyone else. Their safety. Streets of Philadelphia. We're seeing riots. We're seeing looting. We're seeing this is a crazy riot. A man jumps up on... The back of a car in Philadelphia smashes the windshield of a, of a car. And by the way, it's a white guy on a motorcycle, and he does this to a woman of color. And the camera fades off of them as he then begins to push her, surrounded by other motorcycles. This is in Philadelphia. Now, wait, I... Where, where are all the, the folks saying they care about these things? And that this is a white probably a privilege. look at that bike is a that's an expensive bike. She gets out and confronts the guy. The video I've got up on X right now, you can watch the whole thing. I'm not going to play it because there's no audio to it. There's nothing for you to hear, but it's incredible. If it wasn't for double standards, they'd have no standards at all. It's just, uh, I, it's just nutty. It's just all of this is nutty. But it, where it gets dangerous and it gets very sad, it's another tragic story. As a journalist out of Philly, this is, somebody sent this to me yesterday. Actually, this story. A left-wing Philadelphia journalist who mocked concern over rising crime in Democrat-run cities was shot to death in his own home. Josh Kruger was shot seven times after someone entered his home, shot him at the base of his stairs, and then fled. Kruger ran outside seeking help from his neighbors and collapsed for police found them. After responding to calls just before 1.30 a.m., the 2300 block of Watkins Street in Philadelphia, he was 39, rushed to the Penn Presbyterian Medical Center where he died just before 2.15 a.m. No arrests had been made. There was no sign of forced entry into the home, according to the deputy police commissioner. Either the door was open or the offender knew how to get the door open. We just don't know yet, detectives say. But they believe his death may have been the result of a domestic dispute or may have been drug-related. According to three law enforcement sources with knowledge of the case, the sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity said uh, to discuss an ongoing investigation. police investigators recovered troubling text messages between Kruger and a former partner. Investigators also recovered methamphetamine inside Kruger's bedroom. So the journalist who said there's no no crime here is is actually criminal himself and uh, a victim of of one as well. In April, Kruger had had struggled with addiction and homelessness said that an ex-partner had broken into his home. The door was locked, so he'd somehow obtained a copy of my keys, he wrote. Around two weeks ago, Kruger wrote on Facebook that someone came into his home looking for their boyfriend, or came to the home looking for uh, their boyfriend, calling themselves Lady Diablo, the she-devil of the street. At this point, you think I'm reading something out of The Onion, The Babylon Bee? This is real. Kruger frequently mocked conservatives on Twitter, or X, ironically calling Dilbert creator Scott Adams Nostradamus. On Saturday for predicting that people would be dead within the year of Biden's election. The Dilbert dude is like Nostradamus. Look at this prediction from 2020. Wow, eerie. If Biden is elected, there's a good chance he will be dead within the year. Well, now. Scott Adams posted, uh, oops, did not realize he was shot to death yesterday for not getting away from the hellhole in which he lived. That is wild. So, Josh, the, the victim writes that tweet September 30th. That's what? Saturday? Man, that's creepy. Listen to this one. <clears throat> Look, it's that lawless land of liberals in Philly where shootings are dot, 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 dropping to levels not seen in years. Shootings in your own home, (laughs) rising to levels not seen in years, apparently. This is so sad. It's absolutely tragic. He also went on to say it was fine to rejoice in the death of people who facilitated injustice. It's fine to rejoice in the death of people who facilitated injustice, he said. Carolyn Bryant, who accused Emmett Till, leading to his lynching, died. This is a good thing. It also has a scriptural basis if you're a Christian or a person of faith. I must have missed that part. In the good book. Some idiot just said you're more likely to get shot and killed than die of COVID in Philly to make some insensitive rhetorical point for his side. Folks, four times as many Philadelphians have died of COVID than gunshots this year. I understand math is hard, but do better. Then he says, now that I'm no longer in government, I can finally say publicly it's not wrong to punch Nazis. He was constantly making fun of, contradicting, I guess, and mocking. Uh, it's just wild. To, this other one. He also reported the fentanyl drug addicts and their right to steal to survive. It's it, these stories, and I again, I take no joy. In, in reading this and and sharing these stories with you, but this is this is a this is a, 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 a just a, an example of what we're what we're seeing, and it could be anybody. He writes earlier this year. Today, I learned there's apparently a crippling crime wave destroying all cities, according to Stephen, which. Includes presumably Philly. My house is not on fire, and the chaos is not raining in the street. I saw a man get a parking ticket yesterday. My trash got picked up, and then yesterday, folks, he was shot dead in his own home. Josh Kruger. What we are seeing happening is the crumbling of society right in front of our very own eyes. Democrats want to act like it's not happening. In in fact, I don't even know if I can if I can just just label them Democrats. Folks on the left, folks that are out of touch with yeah, reality, want to act like this stuff is not happening. It's one thing if it, and sad enough as it is, one thing if it comes back to bite them in the butt. But you know, it's a whole nother if their delusion affects my family or my kids. And I know you feel the same way. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. And we'll stay continuing the coverage of stories you won't hear anyone else. I don't think Lester Holt is going to do that one. Probably not going to get picked up by Anderson Cooper. Just throwing it out there for you. All right, back in a moment. A little bit of a Rona Report update for you as well. Detroit's News Talk Superstation, 9, 10 a.m. Justin Barkley back after this. Back at it another beautiful day. In fact, we're going to get up to 86, a warm one for October, but we'll take it. A, I think what I'm hearing the last couple of 80 degree days today and tomorrow, 61 right now, some uh, sun and fun today on tap for, I think, a lot of folks. Enjoy it if you can. Uh, if you got plans and things you want to get out and do, make sure you get out and get them done. Some of the things, well, I'm not saying it's not going to turn like immediately. <laughs> start a blizzard tomorrow or anything like that. But no, it is, it's, uh, look, it's, it, it's just uh, soak it up. We only get so much of it, you know? That's just my, that's my warning to you anyway. Soak it up, we only get so much of it. Well, uh, we've got a bit of a, rona report i've got that i could possibly get to I get some of that coming up in just a moment i wanted to play this for you first jamal bowman the congressman who used the fire alarm try to get out of the uh, that voting process over the weekend they they wanted the government to shut down they wanted the republicans to look bad so he says no no man look you got it all wrong
6: you're uh, uh, believe
3: about that fire alarm. He goes, oh, look, I was in a rush to vote.
7: You know, I don't know why this has gotten so
6: much attention. I was literally just in a rush to go vote, man. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of any repercussions either from leadership or from legal aid to capital? I, I, mean, was- I mean, it
3: was a dangerous insurrection. That's why it's gotten so much time. How Can you be so cavalier about it?
6: Congressman
7: Bowman. I take responsibility for what I did, you know, but like I said, I was in a rush to go vote, and, uh, you
6: know, the investigation will, will, will sort everything else out. Uh, have you talked to Jeffries about it? Oh, yeah, of course. That's the one. How was that conversation? Well, I got to keep that between me and the leader, so I'm not
3: going to
7: share that publicly. Yeah, but we've been in touch with each other.
3: Yeah, they, we were just all figuring out how to lie to you through our teeth about all <laughs> that's all it was. Uh look. Was it a simple, silly mistake? I doubt it. I doubt it. Are you going to see anything come of I doubt it. Yesterday, Peter Ducey though, did ask this to Gay J.P. at uh, the podium. She, she she couldn't quite contain herself. Even she had to snicker a little bit.
1: Thank you, Green. Would President Biden ever try to get out of a meeting... By pulling a fire alarm.
2: <laughs> Are you talking about something specifically?
6: Uh, got a, a little bit of a smile crackle- Congress pulled a fire alarm around a series of votes. No fire. Is that appropriate?
1: What I can tell you is uh, I have not talking to, spoken to the president this about this.
6: Cracking up now.
1: Uh, and so just not going just not going to comment. I will leave it up to
2: I know there's a House process moving forward right now. I'll leave it mm. to the House.
3: Yeah, even, even she can't let that go without a laugh even she has to laugh that that one through a little bit you know it is it is it's laughable on one hand the excuses that they try to throw in our face but on the other hand it's very serious what's happening here Folks are um, they're they're rotting in jail cells right now for much less than what he did. And all I want to see is an equal application of the law. Now, do I think he deserves jail time? No. But I also don't think these people are rotting into their jail cells for for less than what he did deserve it either. For folks, we've got to get things back on track, and we've got to restore justice in this country. It's a Rota report to High Priest of Health, Mr. Busta. Patron Santa Pandemics, I'll leave you with this. The sound, don't ever forget it, of the pro-jab propaganda.
6: We well, want to make sure that people can discern the truth from the misinformation. Uh-huh. And
0: we want to make sure that everyone understands that no one's safe till everyone's safe.
4: No one is safe. No
0: one is safe. No one is safe.
4: No one is safe. No one is safe. Nobody is
0: safe. This is
6: a post 9/11 axiom. Safer but not yet safe.
0: No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe from COVID-19 until everyone is safe. If the whole world isn't safe, none of us are safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. Nobody is safe until we're all safe. Now, you
3: remember, and there's a good 11 minutes. I'm going to play all of it. A good portion of this, you can get it online. We'll put it up on the stack. You remember the thing? Well, you got to get it so you can, you know, protect other people. That that never. It was never a thing. That was always a lie.
4: Experts have
2: been saying nobody is safe.
3: Nobody is safe
7: until everybody is safe. Nobody Nobody is safe. safe. Science
2: is clear. us are safe.
3: There is no safety. No one is
2: safe. No one is safe. No one is safe safe. until No one is safe.
3: From facing the consequences of the truth, we'll continue to shine a light on it. Thanks to our guest today, Tulsi Gabbard. Great conversation with her and Dinesh D'Souza, available on the podcast. JustinBarclay.com, where you can get it all, as well as the stories from the stack. We'll put them up online for you. Back tomorrow, Bill O'Reilly joins us on the program. And many others. Make sure you're here with us. Chief James Craig, looks like we'll be talking about his run for Senate. As well. Another jam-packed show. Back at it tomorrow morning. Glenn Beck program's coming in. God bless. Make it a great day, folks.
2: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.